Need to get your football fix on all things Army, Navy, and Air Force? This is Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. Now, here are your hosts, Price Atkinson, Steve Carney, and Mike Lovell. It's Thanksgiving week, and we are ready here on Yards and Stripes. The excitement is bursting at the seams. Start by giving thanks to each and everybody that's tuned in again here today, tonight, wherever it is. We'll get you all caught up on all things Service Academy football. Certainly, as we give thanks this week to my, my co-hosts, Steve Carney and Mike Lovell, I'm Price Atkinson, and we are part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. I don't know what day it is you're listening to this Thanksgiving week. If you're about to doze off from too much turkey, tryptophan, we're going to keep you awake for I don't know how long, maybe an hour or so, because it was an exciting week uh, when it comes to Army, Navy, and Air Force. Two first this week, guys. Number one, all three teams in action winning on Saturday. And number two, not a single pass was completed by our three teams that went the perfect 3-0. They were 0-4 combined, throwing the football, and they won in some exhilarating fashion, uh, going away fashion, and just a solid win fashion. But we're going to get into all that. Steve, Michael, how is everybody doing tonight as we get ready to uh, indulge uh, later this week? It's always good to come off of uh, three service academy wins for the weekend prize. So, so real glad to be here. Yeah, I guess you could say they were stuffing the football down their <laughs> opponents' throats. They were uh, running into Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's right. They were they were definitely gobbling up yards. Uh, that that you could say for all three of those uh, all three teams this week. And uh, you know, like you said, it's the first week this year, uh, the first time this year that all three teams have won. So we, we all get to have smiles on our face here this week. So uh, usually there's been either a smile on one side and a frown on the other, but not this week. I gotta, you gotta enjoy the fact that we're good. We can all be thankful for wins for our service academies. We're going to talk about all three games, which were wins indeed, Stephen. We'll talk about those. We'll give out our game balls. We'll get, we've will we got our Travis Mannion Foundation honor roll segment. we got a bunch of news and notes to pass along, including the fashion police is going to show up here a little bit later on the scene as we're going to dissect some Navy uniforms. Those are the ones that we found out for the Army-Navy game coming up on December 10th. And then we will preview our two games that we have coming up this weekend. But before we do that, I want to tell you about our friends at BetUS Sportsbook that has integrity and longevity that you can rely on. And you know that BetUS by this point has been the pioneers in the sportsbook industry for over 25 years, thriving and paying loyal customers quickly and security. And we want you to go to BetUS.com, take advantage of our offer we have on our shows from the College Gridiron Coast to Coast podcast network you'll receive 125 percent sign up bonus by using our code coast 22 that's coast 22 let me explain the 125 percent sign up bonus you put 100 bucks in you get 125 to play with you put 200 in you get 250 and so on it's that easy nfl nba nhl almost any sport you can wager folks they have got it regardless of sport we want you to be with us at bet us all season as we barrel toward the finish, including that Army-Navy game coming up on December 10th. Check them out at BetUS.com. And remember, our 125% match bonus for initial signups with our code COAST22 
and you know bet us you bet you win and you get paid all right let's get to the action gentlemen and we will start at the bounce house biggest win of the season for the naval academy the midshipmen knock off the american athletic conference leaders at the bounce house as coach kendi amatololo knocking off an ap top 25 team for the sixth time as the head coach of the midshipmen navy getting a 17 to 14 win over number 17 ucf and it was a game that navy never trailed in outrushing ucf 248 to 84 uh, holding that rushing attack in check uh, of gus malzahn's team the mids held the ball for almost 40 minutes in the game as Dabo Fofana led the way for the midshipmen with 20 carries, 114 yards. I don't know what else there is to say about this. It was a win that we obviously know they're not going to a bowl game, guys. But, Steve, I mean, a thriller, one that I didn't see coming, didn't think there was really any way, anyhow. Navy sometimes, they, they seem to find a way when you count them out, and they certainly did that again on Saturday. Well, you saw it uh, last year. Uh, these two teams meeting up in Annapolis and uh, Navy holding on for a win over UCF and, and they're able to do so again this year in Orlando. And, and for me, you know, the first three quarters were Navy doing its job, especially offensively doing its job, being able to stay ahead. And even when UCF was able to come back and tie the game up at 14, 14, they go right down and they score uh, the field goal after a UCF turnover to mm-hmm. take the lead. And then the fourth quarter, it was, it was all defense. It was do your job defense defensively, try and keep uh, Reese Plumley. They are uh, the UCF quarterback that everybody thought was going to have uh, a big game running around on Navy's defense. They were able to keep him in check, uh, especially in the fourth quarter. And the, and you, I saw the, um, <clears throat> Uh, the television uh, commentators say this, and it was it's true. That game in the fourth quarter was played between the 40s. <laughs> there was mm-hmm. really no nobody was able to get beyond the 40 yard line on either side, and they were able to to be able to you know you keep UCF out of uh, field goal range, and they don't have an opportunity to tie up the game. You end up leaving with a victory. It was uh, I I was running around the house. Uh, on Saturday afternoon, my wife was wondering what the hell was wrong with me, but uh, uh, it was exciting to be able to watch that uh, and and watch the finish and to see them give uh, UCF a, a definite scare because here they here they are. They needed a win against Navy in order to cement their place in the conference championship, and now they have to try and beat a USF team that is going to be hell-bent on keeping them out of the conference championship to uh, to get in. It's a win and you're in, lose and you're out uh, for UCF. And so uh, I know that my alma mater is definitely thanking Navy uh, mm-hmm. here this week for a chance to play spoiler and say adios, have fun in the little 12 nights. Michael, I guess you got you. You really started the opening kickoff where Navy, you know, meant business. They take it uh, what eleven plays, seventy five yards on six six minutes forty seconds. Xavier Arline uh, taking it in from one yard out, and then the defense in the second half did the job. I mean, we mentioned they only gave up eighty four yards on the ground. They first they forced two turnovers uh, by the Knights, 
And then five sacks in the game, four by John Marshall. I believe all of them came in the second half, uh, if I'm right. Correct me if I'm wrong, though, but, uh, you know, the way Navy showed up from that kickoff and went down the field on UCF, a team that they've just had issues with, I mean, to put it bluntly, they have had major problems going up against that big, fast UCF defense over the last few years. I mean, the fact that they, the way they went down the field, that showed that this could be a different Saturday afternoon, and it was. Yeah, certainly, Price, and you kind of hit on it. Uh, we've we've kind of been critical of Nia Montalolo's coaching staff this season. Uh, the game plan on Saturday against UCF was the textbook game plan for a road underdog against an explosive team. They got it right. They played within themselves. They played clean. Four penalties, no turnovers, and just run the ball. Not trying to get fancy with a lot of passing. Not a lot of fancy plays. Just run the ball. They possessed the ball for two, uh, 40 minutes to 20 minutes. So a two-to-one time of possession uh, advantage in the game, which slows down that UCF offense. They got a little bit lucky. Uh, John Reese Plumley left the game injured. Uh, Mikey Keene doesn't have the mobility that John Reese Plumley has. That's where you get a lot of the pressure in the second half. But again, that, that that UCF team is not just one guy. That's Isaiah Bowers didn't have a good, Bowser didn't have a good game. Uh, the defense uh, really couldn't force any turnovers for the midshipmen. So it was the perfect road underdog strategy coaching or game plan by the coaching staff against that defense. And they played a clean game, played within themselves. Didn't try to get too fancy, stuck to their identity, which we talked about early in the season, and yep. walked away from Orlando with a big win. You know, one thing uh, when it comes to you mentioned that win, Navy now four and seven, but four, they're going to finish four and four in the American. And, you know, it's an argument that kind of it came up when Navy joined the league. It's that, you know, they're going to get worn down. They can't compete. Um, you know, I know the last couple of years, notwithstanding, but, you know, Look at the four wins. They all came in the AAC this year. You know, the the, the three losses, um, well, th- three of the seven losses, but, you know, they, they have not beaten an out-of-conference opponent this year. Now, obviously, they will have a chance to against Army in the finale. They lost to Delaware, lost to Air Force, uh, and then obviously lose to Notre Dame. And let me just total that up real quick. That was by 7, th- 10. Those were by 13 points, the the losses out of out of conference for the midshipmen this year. Those could have made a big difference. Now, I know that, you know, Air Force is very good. We know that Notre Dame is very good. Obviously, the Delaware Gamma, you think they'd like to have that one back again. But, you know, to finish four and four in the American, you know, you're looking for silver linings here and there. I think that's certainly a positive. You know, when this season is all said and done, you're going to take away, say, look, I mean, we were right there. We went toe to toe with a lot of our opponents in conference. We got to we got to win some of these out of conference games. Certainly, and the American Athletic Conference has been for the for, for the past few years the best of the G five. Yeah, I, I think the Sun Belt's catching up a little bit. I think the Mountain West is strong. So I, I don't know that American is what it was in the last couple of years. But remember, Navy had a chance to go to that conference championship game three or four years ago, uh, and they only missed that by by a late season loss. So, so Navy, I, I've actually been surprised with how well Navy's done in the American Athletic Conference. Uh, I, obviously, the, the the composition of that conference is about to change significantly. Cincinnati's mm-hmm. leaving, UCF is leaving, as Steve said, to the Big 12. I, I think he said the Little 12. But Yeah, uh, it, you can't call that conference <laughs> the Big 12 without Texas and or Oklahoma. Yeah. I'm just poking. Uh, so, yeah, so, so Navy's done well. That, that, that's a great point to point out that they've gotten stronger in the second half of the season, and they've played 500 ball and really probably still the best G5 conference uh, in the country. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is still the it is still the best G five conference this year. Uh, that's going to change as, as Mike pointed out. UCF is leaving. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna lose Cincinnati, yeah. and you're getting you know Rice, and uh, you're gonna get uh, some of these some of these teams coming from Conference USA or or the Sun Belt. So it's gonna it's going to it's going to take a dip next year. But that just means that they they should have more success against those teams, uh, especially if they see them later on in the season, mm-hmm. like they like they did this year. Uh, I think this is a good sign for Navy. Yeah, certainly a big win for the midshipmen as they now get set to prepare for the Black Knights. And speaking of the Black Knights, let's go to Mikey Stadium. And last Saturday, the Black Knights hosting UConn, and they end the Huskies' winning streak at three on senior day at Mikey. Army getting a 35-17 to victory over the Jim Mora Jr.-led Huskies. Army now four and six uh, overall this season. UConn six and six game the lead changed hands four times but army took the lead for good midway through that third quarter on Brahim Murphy's 75 yard touchdown run took really what a handoff you know counter uh and took it to the house basically almost right down the middle of the field between the hash marks and that was the difference in the game and you know army's defense did the rest forcing two punts and intercepting Zion, quarterback Zion Turner from the Huskies twice on the last four drives Game set match of the Black Knights getting a big win uh, as they get ready now to head to UMass this weekend, Mike. Yeah, and if you look at the Navy UCF game and you put the stat line or the box score right next to the Army UConn, it, mm-hmm. it's almost identical. It's scary how identical it is. <laughs> Both teams had four penalties for 25 yards. Both teams won the turnover battle two to zero. Uh, both teams were outgained by their opponent in total yardage. Really, the only big difference was Navy had that four, uh, 40 to 40 to 20 time of possession advantage. Army was pretty much even. Uh, it was 30 uh, 20 Army 29 40. So only a 40 second difference in time of possession. But Army uh, did, uh, and again, very similar to what Navy did. They played within themselves. Uh, a, a good special teams play started off with that block punt for a touchdown in the first quarter. And then Army just did what they do, and they just wore UConn down. UConn team not accustomed to facing the academy teams regularly, so not really accustomed to that flex bone offense. Uh, Army, the one thing I really liked about the Army game plan this week was they finally got to the outside. They used Brahe- uh, Brahim Murphy. Uh, they used their other A back. Uh, to get uh, Maurice Bellin to get some finally attack on the outside. You talked about that uh, uh, option re- option reverse that they did uh, on the line there. That that went for 75 yards. Um, Brahim had six other carries uh, for about 50 yards. And like I said, Bellin had five additional carries for 40 yards. So finally, for the first time this season, they really forced the outside run game. And that's really what allowed them to control the pace of play and secure that win on Saturday. Steve, Mike mentioned uh, a lot of similarities to the Navy game. Obviously, one was the quarterbacks. They attempted a single pass, and that was it, and it was incomplete. But the thing that I liked about Tyher Tyler on Saturday, um, you know, you know, 18 carries, 70 yards. But to me, the key was he directed an offense that played turnover-free football on Saturday. Yeah, that's, that's the big thing uh, when you're a service academy, and Mike knows this uh, better than just about anybody that as long as you can protect the football, you're going to find yourself in really, really good shape. And when you're protecting the football and you're getting five and a half yards on average per carry, you're going to find yourself in really good shape with uh, a lot of third and extremely manageables that allow you to, to, to uh, draw out drives. And you saw, uh, you saw army do that 
uh, pretty much throughout the throughout the the day. I mean, you look at it, you had a 12 play drive that didn't end in up in points, but then an 11 play uh, drive that ended in a touchdown. Uh, they did have the 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 option that went for 75 yards, uh, but they had they had a number of times that they were able to get, uh, especially early on in the game. Uh, you wear down Connecticut's defense with these long drives that hopefully will end in points. Yes. And, and the other thing you talked about price protecting the ball, Jeff mm-hmm. Munkin again, played three quarterbacks. It's even harder. Once you introduce the new snap count, the new uh, center quarterback exchange to continue to protect that ball while playing three different quarterbacks is a little bit more complicated. And they still accomplish that Munkin this season has seemed to like to play multiple quarterbacks. And as long as they can not turn the ball over, there was really not an issue with that, but it just makes it harder. So, so a uh, re- really good point on your part about protecting the ball. And fantastic point, even harder to do it when you're running that many guys, new guys in under center uh, at that quarterback spot. Again, army 34, UConn 17. All right. Finally, last weekend out in Colorado Springs, Air Force running its winning streak to three as the Falcons, they build a 24, nothing lead on Colorado state late in the third before the Rams got on the board. But Air Force goes on to capture the Ram Falcon Trophy once again, 24-12 to over visiting Colorado State as the offense for the Falcons amasses 359 yards all on the ground on senior day as Air Force improves to 8-3, and 4-3 and three in the Mountain West while Colorado State drops to 2-9. and nine. A note from uh, Brent Brigham, beat writer for the Colorado Springs Gazette, does a great job covering the Falcons. Now the first time in Air Force football history that they have defeated Colorado, Colorado State, Army, and Navy in the same season, sweeping its natural rivals by geography as well as mission. Mike? Thoughts on this game? The Brad Roberts show was once again in full effect. Yeah, just really impressed with uh, Air Force. Clearly the best team in Colorado uh, and, and clearly, quite frankly, the best of the three <clears throat> service academies. Uh, it's, a, it's a shame that they're not getting the attention that they need, e- even potentially in the local uh, you know, Denver, Colorado Springs uh, area. Uh, super impressed with Brad Roberts. Just a note. I mean, you kind of summarized the game. It, it was kind of a what I call a Python game. They just kind of they got their hold on Colorado State and just strangled them. Uh, this was not a game after midway through the third quarter. But but congratulations to Brad Roberts. Moved into fifth nationally total rushing yards and with a good game against San Diego State this weekend. He he has a chance to finish as the third leading rusher nationally this season. So continue to be impressed with the Air Force senior Brad Roberts and another solid outing for the Falcons. So congratulations to them on, on those big four wins this season and, and, and really glad to see them have uh, a really historic season for them. Yeah, uh, Steve Roberts now, I mean, 37 for 184 and a touchdown. He now 1,425 yards rushing this season. He's now the only player in program history at the Air Force Academy to run for over 1,300 yards on the ground in multiple seasons. You know, and as obviously Michael just mentioned, now top five in the country. I mean, it's an MVP, All-American type season, period. Yeah, he did this. Uh, Roberts would be a All-American candidate uh, in most years if it wasn't for the fact that 
Uh, you've got a couple of guys that are just having ridiculous years for bigger programs. But I, I think that Roberts should have the recognition of being one of the best running backs in all of college football this year. Uh, and and again, uh, another team that that did its job by having these long drives. They had, I think, two really long drives in the first half, two really long drives in the second half. Uh, and that's how you put, a, as you mentioned, the Python game. You put the stranglehold uh, on your opponent. Yeah, not to not to uh not to let the defense get off uh get off light. Just doing another great job there. Um the Air Force, you know, we we talk about Brad Roberts, we talk about the Falcons offense so much, the triple option, but you know, holding Colorado State clearly we know not a very good team this year, two and nine now, two and five in the Mountain West, but holding the Rams to just 244 uh, total yards of offense and just 65 yards on the ground. You know, just another fantastic effort by uh, Air Force's defensive unit. All right, we got to step away. We got to give you some game balls. We want to hand those out from this past weekend. We'll tell you about our friends at Ticket Smarter here in a few minutes. We've got our Travis Manion Foundation honor roll segment coming up. We also got news and notes, and we're going to preview a couple games coming up this Thanksgiving weekend. It's everything you need to know about Service Academy football. Yards and stripes continues. Here once again are Price, Steve, and Mike. All right, time to give out some game ball standout performances from this past weekend. But first, Michael. Let's tell everybody once again about our friends at Ticket Smarter. Yes, sir. College football fans, we know the season's winding down. One more week in the regular season, conference championship, and then bowl games. If you're still trying to squeeze in the last couple games of the season, we want to make sure you take advantage of Ticket Smarter and their mobile app. We know that buying college football tickets online requires trust. Ticket Smarter has partnered with more than 100 universities and 24 conferences as their official ticket resale marketplace and with ESPN Events as their official ticket resale partner. And with the best selection of NCAA football tickets, Ticket Smarter makes sure fans from all over the country experience the power and excitement of college football live and in person. So purchase your tickets quickly, securely, and at the best prices on the secondary market with the Ticket Smarter mobile app or at TicketSmarter.com. And we've got an additional offer for those listening to all of our podcasts here on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Network. Take 5% off your purchase of $100 or more with our promo code Gridiron22. That's Gridiron22 for 5% off of your order of $100 or more. And that code, you can use that code as many times as you want this season for the best selection of football seats to the biggest games. Check out the selections and the pricing now with the Ticket Smarter app or at TicketSmarter.com. And remember our code, Gridiron22. Think smarter, use Ticket Smarter. And I just want to point out that you can, if you go to Ticket Smarter, you can get tickets to the Army Navy game on December 10th, starting at just $184. And so uh, I just I just was looking this up to see what it would cost to get in the building. And you knew it wasn't going to be uh, you know, a $5 ticket to go see one of the most important games in college football every single year. But to be able to do so and to get uh, two tickets for under $400. I think that's, that's a really, really great, uh, that's a great deal. And you get 5% off by using, uh, our code from the college gridiron coast to coast network. Yet another reason to use ticket smarter, Steven. 
Thank you, sir. Let's give out some uh, let's give out some game balls from this weekend. Michael, why don't you fire away, my friend? So we're going back to Mikey Stadium. Uh, my game ball is going to Brahim Murphy. Seven carries, 124 yards, including that 75-yard touchdown run on the option reverse. Uh, again, Army finally tests the outside rushing game. Here's the deal, guys. If you run in a triple option offense and you only limit it to two options, it becomes, <laughs> mathematically speaking, 33% easier to defend that defense. So I was really happy to see uh, Coach Munkin and the Army staff really utilize both Murphy and Bellin on the outside rush, and uh, Brahim Murphy really paid off, uh, really made that look like a good decision with 130, 124 yards on seven carries. So that's my game ball, Brahim Murphy, and on senior day at West Point, uh, helping the Black Knights secure a big win uh, over national darling UConn, who's had a great season. Without a doubt, a game-changing play. Steve, fire away, friend. Well, if I had told you that there was going to be a member of the service academy who would be in the top three in the country in sacks, you probably <laughs> would think it was Andre Carter, the second of Army. But you would be wrong <laughs> because it is not Andre Carter, the second. It is John Marshall, the linebacker at Navy. And he has 10 and a half sacks thanks to a four sack performance against UCF he finished with 10 tackles total seven of them solo of course the four sacks which are four tackles for loss and he is just been an absolute beast in the in the middle in that linebacking core for Navy and he came up big when they needed it the most so yeah John Marshall the senior gets a game ball from me this week all right, my game ball is going to be a little bit similar, Stephen, because I'm going to stay with a linebacker, but I'm going to go to Colorado Springs because Vince San Sanford, the 6'1 senior outside linebacker from Hamilton, Ohio, just outside of Cincinnati, in his final game at Falcon Stadium, much like John Marshall, how about two service academy guys, not defensive linemen, named Andre Carter the third. Sanford also registered four sacks in the football game uh, to a, for a Falcon team that had seven uh, in the game and win over Colorado State on Saturday. Uh, Sanford had seven tackles, all of them solo uh, for the Falcons' defensive unit. Uh, this season, uh, he leads Air Force in tackles for a loss with nine and a half, sacks with five and a half, a quarterback curries with seven and he's fourth in total tackles for Air Force's defensive unit that's sixth nationally in scoring defense, third nationally in pass yards allowed, and tied for 17th in rushing defense with 108.9. And a big reason of that is that senior outside linebacker, Vince Sanford, for the Air Force Falcons. All right, we got a lot more to do here. We got our Travis Manning Foundation honor roll coming up. We got a a lot of news and notes to pass along, some new uniforms to tell you about for the upcoming Army-Navy game. We'll preview the two games we got coming up this weekend. But don't forget, we are part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network, folks. Just go Apple Podcasts. If you're an Android user, you can use the Spotify app. Search College Gridiron Coast to Coast. You can search, search Yards and Stripes. You will find us right there because we have, and we've told you all season, and if you've been listening to us all season, you know the host of content that we've got. Florida, Big 12, Pac-12. I mean, we go all around the country on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. Obviously, you get Service Academy info here. 
We have everything covered for you. Steve helps lead the charge on the podcast network. We have so much fantastic content with new shows every single week during the college football season to get you ready for kickoff on Saturday. So search College Gridiron Coast to Coast. If you're an um, Apple user, search Apple Podcasts. If you're an Android user, or if you like Spotify, that's your app of choice. Wherever it is you listen to your podcast, you can listen to Yards and Stripes and everything we have at the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. All right, we have our Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll segment. It's coming up next. In 2007, Marine First Lieutenant Travis Manion was killed in Iraq after saving his wounded teammates. Travis's legacy lives on through the words he spoke before his final deployment, If Not Me, Then Who? Words that today fuel the spirit of Travis Manion Foundation. And through TMF, these words can live in you too. Show the world what you're made of, because character is invisible until it's not. Find out how you can strengthen the character of your community alongside empowered veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians at travismanion.org. Now time for our Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll segment where we honor a member of Fallen Hero, one that has given the ultimate sacrifice. And we so appreciate the Travis Manion Foundation for partnering with us again uh, this season for this uh, very important segment uh, to honor those that have given that ultimate sacrifice uh, for us, for our freedoms, for our nation, for our flag. Uh, and this week we are going to remember yet another brave hero, one that gave the ultimate sacrifice. And this week we're going to remember uh, Lieutenant Raul David Jimenez, the United States Navy. And on January the 27th, 2006, Lieutenant Raul Jimenez lost his life at the young age of 31 when during a training mission in Corpus Christi, Texas, his T-34C Turbo Mentor crashed into a field off Yorktown Boulevard just three miles south of Naval Air Station Corpus Christi. Uh, he was born on New Year's Day in 1975 in Freeport, Texas, and Jimenez attended uh, Brassport High School, where he played defensive back on the football team, played on the baseball team, also played in the band, and served on the student council. He graduated seventh in his class in 1993, and from Braceport High, High School, he went on to the United States Naval Academy, where he graduated in 1998 with a Bachelor's of Science in Aerospace Engineering. After he finished in Annapolis, Jimenez went on to Pensacola to flight training school, where he earned his golden wings. And after the separate attack on our nation on September 11th, he answered the call like so many others. Uh, in his call, he answered was to fly helicopters in Operation Enduring Freedom and in Operation Iraqi Freedom in support of the global war on terrorism. He was awarded the Navy and Marine Corps Commendation Medal, presented for sustained acts of heroism and meritorious service, along with the Navy and Marine Corps Achievement Medal, the Global War on Terrorism Service, and Expeditionary Medals and numerous letters of commendation. On, on, in July of 2004, Jimenez married his wife, Laura, and during his leave time, he would return home to Texas to visit his mother and also speak at local schools, encouraging students to work hard and focus on their academics. And his mother, Bella Garrett, said of her son, quote, He loved the service and flying. The Lord blessed him with a real, with blorts. The Lord blessed me with a real special son. That was his dream. That was always his dream. I was so proud of him because he accomplished what he always wanted in life, end quote. 
and Lieutenant Jimenez was honored through the Travis Manion Foundation's Character Does Matter program presented during the Naval Academy Summer Seminar and USNA's STEM programs for rising 11th graders. And, you know, when we take these moments in every single week to, uh, to remember those uh, who are unfortunately no longer with us that serve so honorably, through the Travis Manning Foundation, uh, we want to let you know uh, about the Travis Manning Foundation's Army-Navy tailgate coming up, set for December the 10th at 10 a.m. in Philadelphia. The tailgate will be held just across the street from Lincoln Financial Field at the Jet- Jetro lot. Food, drinks, private bathrooms, heaters, giveaway items for all guests, tailgate games, and exclusive vendor experiences, as well as live music by the Black Dandelions. Tickets are just $30, and you can buy yours today online at www.travismanion.org. Again, we thank the Travis Manion Foundation, and we take this time in this episode of Yards and Strikes to remember Lieutenant Raul David Jimenez from the United States Navy. Travis Mannion Foundation's 9-11 Heroes Run 5K Race Series unites communities across the country and around the world to honor the sacrifices of September 11th and the war since. Join your community this September and register to run, walk, or rock by visiting 911heroesrun.org. The latest with Navy, Army, and Air Force on Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. All right, final segment here on Yards and Stripes, episode number 13. As again, we told you we're part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast podcast network, and we've got a lot to do here in this last segment, including a lot of news and notes. So let me, let's go ahead and get started, guys, as I'm joined by Mike Lovell and Steve Carney. Once again, um, guys, Navy senior striker. We just talked about John Marshall getting a game ball from Steve. Named the American Athletic Conference Defensive Player of the Week and also the Walter Camp FBS Defensive Player of the Week for that outstanding uh, head-turning effort uh, uh, at UCF on Saturday. Uh, Also staying with the midshipmen, congratulations to the 25 Navy seniors who received their service assignments last week. I know Air Force and Army, they'll probably be getting those here pretty soon. But I know Navy and uh, SID Scott Strassmeyer, they put those out uh, just the other day. Won't read them all off, but congratulations uh, to those 25 Navy seniors. Uh, Air Force, the Air Force Academy receiving votes once again in the AFCA coaches poll for the eighth time this season. They check in at number 36 this week uh, with eight votes. Also, the Air Force Academy's offensive line named one of nine semifinalists for the 2002 Joe Moore Award given annually to college football's most outstanding offensive line unit. And I think of note, guys, the Falcons were the only non-P5 school uh, of the semifinalists. I don't have them all right in front of me, but it was Michigan, Georgia, Tennessee, Iowa, uh, the point is, is that uh, they were the little, the lone little guy, if you will, on that list, and and that obviously is college football fans listening know that that Joe Moore Award is a very prestigious award for offensive line guys. Also, uh, Army senior outside linebacker Andre Carter the third receiving an invite last week to the Reese's Senior Bowl in Mobile. The Senior Bowl, I think, is considered by most to be the most prestigious, and and it's certainly the longest continuously running college all-star game. So, a very prestigious honor for Andre Carter the third. 
getting to join and play in the Reese's Senior Bowl in Mobile. And finally, gentlemen, I know the uh, the uniform police, we all have a take on, on threads and what teams wear. Well, the Naval Academy Athletics Association and Under Armour unveiling the Army-Navy uniforms for the midshipmen. And Naval Academy going to be wearing an astronaut-themed uniform that pays tribute to NASA and the Academy graduates who've gone on to become part of the space program. 54 Naval Academy graduates have gone on to become astronauts, the most of any institution. Uh, the first Naval Academy graduate, of course, uh, became an astronaut was Alan Shepard, 45 graduate, who was one of the first Americans in space. He was the was first American the, in space. Excuse me, the first American on May the 5th, to be exact, 1961. It um, was one of NASA's first seven astronauts in the entire program. But in AAA and Under Armour partnering with NASA uh, to use the official meatball logo uh, to accurately recreate the spacewalk suit featuring uh, Bruce McCandless. Um, I guess... Guys, your thoughts on this Na or this NASA-inspired uniform by the Naval Academy? I will say just real quickly, I typically love what Navy does just because they usually have more colors to play with because I like uniforms with color and pop. These, these leave uh, – has me wanting a little bit more in these. It, it just – it just they just kind of seem awkward. And as much as I love the space program – these just didn't really hit the spot for me, Steve. Well, I, for me, you know, uh, and most people that, that know me uh, understand that my wife is a gigantic space flight uh, freak. She is a, she is a space historian. She runs one of the largest space flight communities on Facebook. Wow. With almost 35,000 members. That's how are we going to invite Steve. Of Can course. Mike and I get an invite? You are always, you are always welcome to join the space hipsters. Uh, <laughs> that's that, that was the name that we came up with back when there were only four people in it. And, and I love NASA. I love watching the launches, man. I love everything about the space program. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we had, we had gotten a heads up that this was coming, uh, because the, uh, um, my wife is uh, is close with the McCandless family. Uh, Bruce McCandless, uh, who is on the helmet, uh, mm -hmm. that passed away a few years ago. His son, Bruce, Bruce McCandless III, uh, was, uh, had to give uh, the Naval Academy and Under Armour uh, permission to use the picture uh, that, they, that they have painted on the helmets. Uh, I, love, I love the helmets. Uh, I think the helmets are, are incredible. Uh, I, I tend to agree that I would have liked to have seen a little more on the jersey itself. The meatball logo is on one shoulder, um, uh, but I think you would you would be it would be cooler if they had gone to like a deep blue. They're going to be wearing white uh, for this game. Uh, if they had gone to like a deep blue uh, and gone with the with the white uh, with the white numbers, you know, if they were if they were able to do that, I think that would have been a much better look for uh for the uh for the game but uh, i love them my wife is already bugging me for a helmet <laughs> uh, i've already told her that um she can hold her breath all as long as she wants i'm not getting her one because i don't have a way of uh of getting one that isn't going to cost me a tom brady signed game <laughs> worn buccaneers jersey from the super bowl uh so and i don't have one of those yet 
Um, still working on trying to get one of those to to try and offer up uh, uh, as a trade, but we'll see what happens there. I think maybe the best thing you can do for us is just get her a big old fat Fanatics gift card and let her stock up on uh, the NASA-inspired <laughs> Navy gear You know, from online. That might be your ticket, Steve. Yeah, it might, it might be. Uh, by the way, I do want to go back to the the service assignments that you had mentioned. Um, I you don't want to have to go through, uh, not going through all of these, but I did see one uh, that that definitely interested me mm-hmm. uh, because Trent Shiraki got assigned surface warfare nuclear, which means he'll be going to nuclear power school uh, in Goose Creek, South Carolina. Yep. Uh, which is uh, I went through na- naval naval nuclear power school. Uh, as well, it is not an easy. Uh, it's not an easy place to to go. Uh, I went when it was still in Orlando uh, before it moved to Goose Creek, but uh, that that's going to be quite the uh, accomplishment if, if Trent can get through there, and I I have no doubt that he will. But uh, that's that's one of the hardest schools uh, in all of uh, in all of the military. So I'm I'm really excited to see a a surface warfare nuclear guy. Uh, on the field. He's he's definitely a guy I'll be watching uh, in a couple of weeks. Well, you guys are both smarter than me. Obviously, Michael being a West Pointer and, and a graduate, and then you having gone to nuclear power school um, and gotten through it, lived to tell about it, Stephen. Um, Michael, what do you think of the threads? Now, let me just mention really quickly, Army is not out with theirs yet. I, th- I think that we will get theirs next week, uh, post-Thanksgiving, and once they've completed their last um, regular season game before playing the Naval Academy. So they typically, uh, you know, usually is the home team. They go second. And so I expect Army's next week, and we will certainly talk about theirs then. What's your take? What do you like about the NASA or dislike about them? So for one, I love the fact that Army and Navy do their different uniforms every year. It's great. It's appealing. It's a marketing thing. I love it. So I don't have an issue with the Navy uniforms. Here's what I would tell you, though. So two things. Okay. I'm a guy that likes meaning, right? So I just like okay. meaning. You know, everybody knows I'm a Tennessee guy as well as an Army. So mm-hmm. the checkerboards have meaning. The orange has meaning. You know, everything in Army has meaning. It all has meaning. That's important to me. The thing that Navy does a lot is they have jets and space and all that stuff. Like other people run that. The people who run Space Force are all from the Air Force Academy. It's like somebody else's gig. It's like somebody else's, as Austin Powers would say, that's somebody else's bag, baby. It's like the Air Force's <laughs> bag. That's, 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 the people that run Space Force all come from the Air Force Academy. You know, I, I, I got it. You know, astronauts graduated from Navy 50 years ago, but you also have doctors and lawyers and, and FBI guys. I don't see black ties and stethoscopes on helmets. So I, I just, I, it's fine. It's just from a guy that likes meaning, it just kind of seems a little bit outplaced for the Naval Academy. I would expect like battleships and carriers. And they've only done that once in like the last five years else. It's been like jets and space. Here's the, but, but aesthetically speaking, if you saw UC and I know Steve's going to hate me for this, but if you saw yeah. UCF's NASA uniforms about a month and a half ago or two months ago, I can't remember what week they rolled out the, the UCF, which you know UCF is partner is actually partnered with NASA for their research Institute those were nice those were really nice thumbs down aesthetically aesthetically for me they were way better than the navy uniforms but that's just me again i'm fine with it i love that the two schools do it it's great but those are just my two my my two personal critiques all i know is all i know is that (laughs) navy flies more than the air force and so I, i i i know why they i know why they do it um it it's it's a it's a slight dig not just at Navy, but uh, at the Air Force as well. There, there's more Navy, 
Navy pilots and Navy jets and more no, more Navy pilots in the air. Uh, they 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 fly more than the Air Force does. That is true. That is true. However, I, with the going back to the uniforms really quickly, I just I, they're sharp. They look fine. The colors, I think they look good. I, I just think it was like just like a walking billboard for NASA. If it were a little bit more subtle, I think I would have liked them. You know, not just the big NASA plastered on the side. I mean, it looks like everybody is going to be on the field that works for NASA. I, I just thought a little bit more subtlety. Okay. I, again, we're all the uniform police. We would all change trim or maybe something here or there. Um, they're fine. Hey, they're as obviously going to. Na- as a Navy guy, I always find myself drawn to the Army uniforms because I love the way the <laughs> Army uniforms look because they're usually very simple and, and very. I, I and for me, I love I love simplicity. My favorite my favorite uniforms in, in the NFL up until the last couple of for the last couple of years up until this year were the Washington Football Team uniforms because they were simple. Classic, yeah. I love I love simple. I love classic. Uh, I mean, I love the Navy, and I love, and I, and of course, my wife uh, loves NASA, and and I'm I'm pretty fond of it myself. But uh, yeah, I always find myself. I'm 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 going to be excited to see what Army's uniforms look like because they're yeah. always simple and classic, and I always think they look great. Uh, one of my favorites, real quick. I, I we could go uniforms and pray for another hour if we wanted to. But Mike, I think my favorite Army ones, the ones that, that just remember was. One of my last games I was at, it was one of the snow games when they wore the all-white, and it was really coming down when Navy missed the kick that was just short uh, of the goalpost, and they were wearing the white. And I was I was standing right at that goalpost when the ball hit, and it came within five yards of my foot, standing in the back of the end zone. But that white in that snow, the man, those were, that was awesome. Yeah, the, the, so the, the white uniform in the snow was great. The other the other great part about that was they were honoring the Tenth Mountain Division for that game. Yep. So the, you also you also had the meaning of the Tenth Mountain Division, which theoretically is is the the you know the Arctic experts the, the, yep. the Arctic Division for the Army. So it it, it kind of all uh, it, it all synchronized with each other. It just it was it was just the perfect combination of environment and weather and uniform color my personal favorites are when they do the matte black helmet with black uniforms i just like black it's kind of hard to mess up matte black with a black uniform yeah. and it just it, it kind of looks like you know army always touches the plaque that says i need an officer for a secret and dangerous mission i need a west point football player that black mat with a black uh, uniform i think it just fits into that mantra of of the West Point football player being kind of the elite of the yeah. West Point Corps of Cadets, an officer for a secret dangerous mission. It just it has meaning to me. I just I think I think it I think it aligns the aesthetics align with the philosophy perfectly. That's just me. Well said, Michael. Well said. All right. Speaking of Army, let's get to our games this weekend. And Army's going to be hitting the road to take on the UMass Minutemen. It's going to be the first time ever in school history that the Black Knights head to Amherst and take on the Minutemen in McGurk Alumni Stadium, which is going to be Military and First Responders Appreciation Day on Saturday. It's a noon kickoff on ESPN+. Plus. Army giving 20 points in this game. Over-under is 45. This 4-6 and six Army travels to UMass 1-10. Army leads the overall series three wins and no losses defeated uh, UMass last on November 20th last season, 33-17. to 17. And UMass on an eight-game losing streak, hasn't tasted victory since September the 17th when they beat FCS Stony Brook 20-3. to 
guys, I don't think this is going to be the day that they're going to taste victory again. I think Army's going to go in there and get yet another win um, against a UMass team that put up a fairly game effort on the road at College Station last Saturday. Uh, but nonetheless, this is a 1-in-10 football team for a reason. They are not very good, struggle to move the football. They, they are you know in the top 15 in time of possession, uh, largely thanks to running back Ellis Merriweather. But I don't see Army going in there and somehow falling you know on their face on Thanksgiving weekend. I think the Black Knights go in there and get a big win. Guys, what do you think, Mike? Yeah, let's be clear. That Texas A&M team down at College Station, they're done for. That you know, sure. they, they're, there's not a lot of. Um, I don't want to say they've quit, but they're they haven't not quit. I'll just say yeah. that they're not going to uh, be bowl eligible. So uh, yeah. absolutely. So uh, you know, I think UMass. You know, their strength is their running uh, running attack. I think Army will win the game. I think it will be handily. Uh, the last spread I see is Army given twenty. I I don't know that I would take that. Um, uh, I, I may go the under of 45, but I don't know. I would take army with 20 points. I just, I don't know that I trust, you know, after, after 10 games of the season, I don't know that I trust army for a 21 point win uh, against a team who is very good with the time of possession and whose strength is running the ball. Uh, army has not been super good defending the rush this year. So, so I think, I, I don't think UMass is going to beat army, but I think the few strengths they have match up well with some of the things army has struggled with. Uh, I would take army for the win, uh, I would not take the 20 points with Army. Yeah. Steven? Yeah, I'd stay away from from the 20 as well. This has 17-3 written all over it uh, with with a bunch of slogging through uh, through the middle of the fields and a lot of long possessions. So, yeah, I, I, I think this is going to be just drag out, uh, you know, run the football for Army. You get up, you get up a score. Uh, you get up a score and a half, and all of a sudden, uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of kicking the ball back and forth to to each other. So yeah, I I would stay away from the twenty, uh, and I would hammer that under. Uh, yeah, it's, forty-five. Yeah. It's going to be in the mid forties in Amherst too. But potential for rain in the forecast later in the week. Right now, none in the forecast. But under, 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 under. Yeah, it's yeah. it going to be chilly up in Am- Am- Amherst. All right, other game that we've got, Air Force 8-3, and 4-3 and three in the Mountain West, hitting the road to take on San Diego State, 7-4 and four overall, 5-2 and two in the Mountain West. Saturday, a 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time kickoff on the CBS Sports Network. Last I've seen is Air Force is giving a point and a half. Over-under is 44 in this game. These are teams that are both on three-game winning streaks of their own. However, this is a team that has had Air Force's number over the last several years, and I mean by uh, nine straight the Aztecs have won, including 13 of the last 17 of the in the series. They've also won five straight at home uh, versus Air Force. The Falcons' last win uh, in San Diego came in 2008, 35-10. to 10. However, the last four meetings have been pretty close. They've been decided by a total of 17 points. Uh, the last four games, but senior night at Snapdragon Stadium for the Aztecs. Uh, San Diego State is five and one since head coach Brady Hoke. He made some coaching changes, moved around, um, you know, changed play callers, uh, went with Jalen Maiden uh, at, at the, as their starting quarterback, and it's really paid dividends, guys. As uh, San Diego State is, it's just been a major thorn in Air Force's side. Uh, but they're going to be a road favorite uh, on the road at Snapdragon Stadium in San Diego on Saturday night, Steve. 
Yeah, and, and I I don't understand why uh, Air Force is the is the favorite in this game. Neither of these teams is going to get into the uh, conference championship, uh, even if uh, San Diego State wins and Fresno State loses. Fresno beat San Diego State 32-28 earlier this year, so they mm-hmm. would get the tie break. This is it for the uh, Mountain West uh, conference for both of these teams. You know, uh, you know, Air Force is locked in. Uh, I believe they are the ones that are going to be going to the Armed Forces Bowl. Uh, that, I believe that's the the invite that they're going to get this year. So um, I, I don't see why, um, you know, they really don't have a whole lot to play for. Uh, in this in, in this game, I'm not saying that Brad Roberts is going to go out and have a and have a monster game, but uh, I I don't see why Air Force is the uh, is the favorite in this, especially because the Aztecs have played so good over the years. Mike, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, this one's a hard one to call because you, again, you look at that struggle the Air Force has had over the past nine years against the fighting Brady hoax. Uh, I, I think Air Force's defense will play a large role in this. Um, if, if they can slow down that San Diego State passing attack, I, I think the Air Force offense will be able to uh, will be able to move the ball and kind of control the game. I, I, I really th- this is one of these games that I, I would prefer not to cover. I would prefer just to watch because I really want to see Air Force finish the season off well, get to nine wins, and go into a solid bowl game with a chance for a 10-win season. I'm just I'm going to be honest with you, Price. I, I'm just a real big fan of, of that team, Zeke Daniels, Brad Roberts, and what they've done over the last three or four years. I'd really like to see that crew go out on a high note, particularly since uh, the other two service academies probably won't be playing in the bowl season. Uh, I, yeah. I would just really like to see Air Force get off the schneid with the uh, Aztecs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they lead the Air Force leads the nation in rushing 336 yards a game. I've just got to. I'm with you on everything you said there. I want to see Air Force go out, get this win, a ninth win, and then hopefully get that tenth win in a bowl game. But San Diego State has just had their number, and they're playing so well right now. Just history right now has me leaning San Diego State in a very close one. Again, I mentioned the last four games have been decided by 17 points. I think this one's a close one again. I could see it going either way, but forced to pick, I I think I'd go San Diego State just simply because it's senior day at home. And they they have been rolling since they made some changes, especially with Jaden Maiden uh, at, at quarterback. All right, that's going to do it, guys. Appreciate everybody for you know downloading, listening, subscribing. Obviously, this is Thanksgiving week, so we all have so much to be thankful, you know, for uh, Steve and Mike and, and, and clearly myself. But you know, the biggest thing is thank you to all our listeners, you know, out there for for investing your time to listen to the podcast every single week as we're part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. Enjoy the games this weekend. Enjoy, you know, just a wonderful, hopeful, uh, safe time with family. Safe travels to wherever you going and we will do it again next week right here on yards and stripes your home for service academy football happy thanksgiving everybody join us again next time for yards and stripes service academy football to get more on all things service academy football like yards and stripes on facebook and follow them on twitter at yards and stripes And make sure that you're subscribing to the College Gridiron Coast to Coast podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and wherever you get your podcasts.